Hello, and welcome to God After Dark. I'm your host, Rex Baker. This is a production of Gateway Rescue Mission. And what we do with God After Dark is we tell stories of where God shows up in the dark places in life and does a true miraculous work of transformation. And today we are joined by someone who has experienced that transformation, James Harris. James, uh, you came to Gateway Rescue Mission back in October. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, let's just say uh, I've been a hellion all my life growing up. Uh, I was a troubled child. I had ADHD. The only friends I had basically were the animals that we uh, we kept on the farm. And I uh, went in the Army. After the Army, I got out. I was angry. I used whatever the Army taught me and growing up to further my uh, criminal life. I just put it that way, you know. It, uh, but God got a hold of me in July 4, 2013, and I, I covered up. I was part of the Aryan Brotherhood. I started out with the uh, white supremacists in North Carolina, moved to uh, D.C., and uh, from there went out to California, hooked up with the Aryan Brotherhood out there. Life just uh, changed everything because there was a lot of violence. My first time down, big time, wasn't saying Quentin. You know, and I left there and went to Avenal, which is another prison in the desert. And then I came back to CMC or CM, CMCI, which is a men's prison in Chino, California. From there, I left there and went to Texas, ended up back with the Aryan Brotherhood again there and got in trouble. Did a bunch of time out there. And we came to Mississippi with a framing company. I framed a Trace Apartments, built a clubhouse out there in 94. Or 93, something like that. Ran, got busted for drugs here in Mississippi and ran and uh, went out to Colorado, ended up back in prison, and they extradited me back here to Mississippi where they gave me uh, drug trafficking charges. And uh, my lawyer got me off of those. And long story short, just did 25 mandatory years for uh, being in a carport. And like I said, God got a hold of me July 4, 2013. I covered up my Thunder Warrior, uh, my Recruiter patch, and my Aryan Brotherhood patch and started living for Jesus. Take us back uh, to some of those days and describe what life was like in the Aryan Brotherhood. Well, the way I looked at it, you know, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd get up, put one foot on the floor and put the other one on the floor and I'd say, well, today's a good day to die. Who wants to go with me? You know, and, well, I'm still sitting here, so no one wanted to take me up on that offer. Uh, It's a lot of violence, a lot of drugs, you know. And uh, what people don't understand out here, it it was basically like a family, you know, where I felt accepted, you know, because I'd always been a lone wolf. And, uh, you know, we... we, You know, we dabbled in illegal things out there, and, you know, it just... uh, it was a, a violent life, but you know what? I made it through it, and I, I thank God for it because my mess is my message. Yeah, and you got the nickname Bear somewhere along the line. Yeah, I was. Uh, I came out of the army and I let my hair grow long and my beard grow out, and I was working as a bouncer in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, there was a fight, and I grabbed a guy and I slammed him up against the wall and told him don't move. And I went and broke the fight up. And twenty minutes later, the other bouncer walked up to me and said, "Hey." This guy said he's not getting off the wall until somebody looks like a bear come gets him. 
And, uh, you know, I had that long hair and big bushy beard. So I went get him, and he was uh, stuck to the wall. When I slammed him, I broke his nose, and the blood had dried on the wall. So we had to pour uh, <laughs> warm water on him to get him off the wall. And so I went from wild man to, uh, to the nickname Bear. And in the Aryan Brotherhood, you were an enforcer? Yes, sir. I had uh, four sets of lightning bolts. Uh, three well, no, lightning bolts. What points. is that? Well, you get the points. Points are for stabbings, and the other ones are for violent missions, the the bolts, the square bolts. And you had four? Yes. Wow. Four sets. Four se- So, 2013 comes around. You are in... Parchment? I'm in uh, CMCF, oh, okay. Mississippi. All right. So um, something happened in your life then. Talk about that. Well, in 2010, I was suing Mississippi for my medical. And uh, I was in federal court, and they gave me all my paperwork. And when I came back, I went through every piece of paper, and I found out where the feds had updated my file in 2011. And I showed another brother, and I said, look, I told you I wasn't paranoid. The feds have been watching me everywhere I go. And I had a little rack partner at that time. He weighed about 85 pounds, and he was <laughs> maybe 5'2", and I'd been watching him for years. I said, hey, I need you to start praying for me. He says, why? I says, because I really want to get out of the Aryan Brotherhood. I mean, I'm not looking at getting a life sentence. And But I, it was actually, the, I felt something inside, but I couldn't understand it at the time. Well, I, I watched him because I knew how he lived for Jesus. And so next thing I know, God had put it on my heart. July 4th, there was a big commotion going on, and I just said, that's it. I'm done. July 4th, 2013, I covered up and said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not. So I would call Parchman and told him, hey, look, I'm done. Do what you got to do, and uh, just be careful. From that day forward, I've done nothing but live for Jesus Christ. That's a that's an amazing story, James. Tell us how you came about being at Gateway Rescue Mission. Well, for the last uh, six months prior to me getting out, uh, I tried everything and tried to go these all these other places because, see, I was flat timing, and that means I, my sentence was over. I have no probation, no parole, no nothing, and that uh, I could go anywhere I wanted to. But I was wanting to stay here in Mississippi because I knew a lot of people from Mississippi, that from the churches that I knew that would help me. So I had my friend from from Madison, Broadmoor Baptist Church out there, and he, uh, I wrote him and I said, look, I got no one to come get me. Can you come get me? He wrote me back and said, you just tell me where, when, and how, and I'll be there. He pulls up and he, I'm out there. And he, I get in the vehicle and he says, look, he said, the only place I could find is Gateway. And I said, I sort of, you know, shrugged my shoulders and said, well, I got to go. I ended up at Gateway. Had a, That day he dropped me off, and uh, I think it was uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. I had, a, I had PTSD, and I had a panic attack. I was shaking real bad, and, and I went and called a friend of mine that, from, that works at CMCF. He's a program director. He had done eight years, and he knew people that I knew. And uh, he said, just call him if I have any problems. So I called him. He, he talked me down. Next day, he comes over and, and picks me up and takes me to his church, Parkway. Uh, they bought me a phone and clothes and everything. And it was like the, the out, outpouring of the family of God is just just undeniable. And uh, Gateway has just opened their 
open arms to me since I've been there. They've just, you know, done everything they could to help me. It's a God thing. That's the only thing I can say is God put me at Gateway, not me. All right. So bring us to the present time. This very day that we're talking, you're going to be moving into your own apartment. Yes, sir. I have a, I have a car. I have uh, my Social Security going. My VA's going. I'm a disabled veteran. Catholic services are helping me. They're going to pay my first month rent and my utilities. And then after that, they're going to pay half. And, uh, you know, and, and it's God has just put open so many doors to, to get me to this place where I'm at. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're a career criminal, a violent man. You know, I hurt people. And here I am living for Jesus. And he's just, Opening doors I thought never could be opened. God gives you a peace when, when he comes into your life, doesn't he? Yes. To look at you today, I would never look at you and go, wow, this guy was a bad dude back in the day. I mean, you, yeah. you've got a glow in your face, a twinkle in your eye, and, and that comes from God, I believe. Yes, it does. I mean, he's, you know, I can lay down and go to sleep and not worry about anything anymore because, you know, if I, if I do go, hey, I'm going to heaven. I mean, you know. I have I like two questions I always ask people. If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Or is that something you're working on? And a lot of people say, yeah, I'm going. So the other question is, if you did die and you stand before God, what would you tell him? If God said, "How? why should I let you into heaven? What would you do? Or what would you say? A lot of people can't answer that because it doesn't matter how many times you go to church or how many times you give money or how many times you're good and you haven't killed nobody, you haven't, you know, been to prison. God doesn't care about that. God cares about one thing. You accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's it. Yeah. What's next in life for James Harris? Well, right now I'm um, re- uh, going to Rankin County Jail and talking to the inmates. I'm uh, volunteering to go to Kapaya County Jail. Uh, anybody that'll take me, you know, I, I'm going and I'll, I'll talk about Jesus. I talked at uh, Southside Assembly of God to the homeless people at their dinner, and I let them know that, look, I'm homeless just like you. I said, but the only difference is I have God in my life. And as long as you keep putting God first in everything that you do, God's going to open doors that you can't imagine. One thing that I think stands out, in your story, James, and I see this a lot in life, it's been my experience with this also, is that you you made a decision in 2013 to yes, change your life, to follow Christ. You are rele- you flat time out yep. t- 10 years later, basically. Yep, 10 years later. Sometimes in our lives, we want the microwave version of mm-hmm. change happening. Uh, but you had 10 years there that you still had to do. Yep. W- Share with us your perspective on change and God and how time figures into that. Well, it was a, it wasn't a, everybody says you get this big flash a moment. No, I mean, it was, I knew it, you know, when when I, that day, when I, July 4th, 2013, when I said, that's it, I'm done, I'm living for Jesus, I had such a peace about everything. I know I didn't fear anymore. I didn't have to use my talents to protect myself anymore. I just, it didn't matter. I mean, because I was living for Jesus. I mean, it's just a, you know, for the first five years, nothing happened. I mean, I did Bible studies every morning. We did prayer call every morning. I don't, and, you know, God just sort of 
you know, just let the time go by. And then five years went by quick. And then the next thing I know, the superintendent out there asked me if I wanted to go to, to the G building out there, which is a, they call the good buildings. And I said, no, because I had run a lot of those guys off. And he says, look, don't worry about it. I'll put you there. No one, you know, uh, no one can move you but me. So I, I went out there and got in the dog program. All this time I'm living for Jesus and it's going, it's, it's like I'm going up a ladder. Everything's starting to, you know, get better and better and better. I trained dogs for a while and uh, then I went and worked for the uh, superintendent. I used to, when COVID hit, I would wear my mask and on my mask I had John 3.30 and Colossians 3.23. And people would look at me and like, What's that? I said, John 3.30 is he must increase, I must decrease. Colossians 3.23 is whatever you do, do heartily as working for God and not man. And so it made it so much easier in my life because I knew whatever I did, I was working for God. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing things to be noticed. I was just doing things because that's how God had pushed me to do. I mean, I'd run up on old brothers then there and I'd, they say, oh, God, here he comes. He's going to talk about Jesus, you know, and uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, they decided to stay away from me, but I'd catch him in a corner or something and I'd say, come on, man, you know, and I would, I would not preach to him. I would talk to them because they knew my past. And then I kept telling them, look, if God can change a man like me for all the bad things that I've done in my life and, and put him on fire for Jesus and to live for Jesus. He can do it to anybody. God is not a, he, he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care if you sat there in church all your life. If you give your life to him, he's going to take care of you. And that's the one thing that I've, I've learned over the 10 years is that even now I, I, I see it in the outpouring love of the people, the real people that love Jesus. It's just, you know, God's people are just amazing because they, you know, it's like one person said, look, Take this, this because don't stop me from getting my blessing because I'm going to bless you. So you bless somebody else and then they bless somebody else. And it, and it just keeps going and going and going. And that's the one thing I've learned over the 10 years. Time doesn't matter, you know, because it doesn't, you know, we may be gone tomorrow. And but it's just I want people to know that I'm I'm a soldier in God's army now. And God's um, idea of timing. Sometimes it's not something that we can understand, but in his big picture, he times it out perfectly. Yes, he does. I mean, he's <laughs> everything, like I said, everything I tried to do just failed. I mean, but I said, all right, Lord, here, you know, and every day I get up and I would, when I would walk out of Gateway to go to the VA hospital, I would be, I'd stand there and I'd make a circle around me and people would look at me. And then one guy asked me, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting the hedge of protection around me. This is Jackson, Mississippi. I says, you don't know what's going to happen. So I put the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ across me and put that hedge of protection that he protects everything on me and me as, as my steps as I go. He protects my steps every day. Wow. Every time I leave Gateway, every time I go anywhere, I put that hedge of protection on. So I want to encourage you to uh, go forward with your plans to uh, go into the jails, go into the prisons. Talk to the younger people who um, you were, we were talking about that earlier, how uh, you talked to some of the younger guys at Gateway yeah. and share your wisdom. What would be your uh, counsel to someone who's, say, 30 years old and entering into a, 
an addiction recovery program or, or whatever that might be? Well, the first thing you have to do, you have to, you have to have it in your mind, in your, in your head. You got to, you got to believe that God is who he is. You know, and that's the most important thing because this, the, the one thing about Gateway that I like is the Christian organization. I mean, they, they tell you right up front, this is Christian. You know, if you don't like it, there's the door, you know. And, you know, but this is how we're going to conduct ourselves. And that's what I like about it because, you know, going to chapel every morning just seems to, you know, invigorate me because it helps me with my day. I mean, it's, I get up, first thing I do is I put my armor God on, then I I do my Charles Stan, or Charles Stanley and Oswald. And, I mean, you know, and then I read my Bible. But I'm, I prepare myself. But when I go to chapel, it's like something fresh for the day, you know, that the Lord's showing me. Said, look, this is, you know, something that you need for the day. And I would encourage them to dig into that Bible and read. You know, people always say, well, start in John. John is the book of love. And that's the one, you, you, you know, you need to start at. And I would encourage them every time. Look, we all have problems in life, you know, but you've got to, you can beat the addictions. That's just, you know, part of the devil. You, you can beat it. That's right. And that, that is kind of a theme that we're hearing from your story, James, and that is that I believe I had a friend tell me this a few months ago, that when, when you go through a valley in life and God is doing a, a real work, sometimes the longer that valley, the longer the healing takes— the deeper the healing actually is. Yes. So we want uh, a drive-through hmm. life experience change, the flashing bright light, and everything to change in a in a second. But uh, the Apostle Paul in Colossians refers to how our minds are being renewed. That's an ongoing process. It's yes. it, it's not a one time, one hundred percent change. Nope. It, it it goes on. It's, uh, it's a gradual change. You know, it's like. Like a baby, but you, you need milk at first, okay? You can't, you know, you're not going to be a, a Bible scholar within three weeks. And now I've, I've seen some guys, now I was in jail with one, that God had changed his life. And, and when he did, he could, he could quote any part, of, you just say a verse and he'd quote it to you. I mean, God had given him that, but that that's unusual. A lot of things, don't, it doesn't happen like that. But, I mean, God can do anything he wants to do, but it's a gradual, daily, daily, daily. It's like the Lord's Prayer, giving, you know, my daily bread. It isn't, it, we don't, we're not counting for tomorrow. We have to take what we get today, use what we're given today, and then next day, do it again. It's just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep going forward. All right. James, it's been a joy to visit with you today and, and hear your story. Thank you for sharing it with us and our listeners out there who are listening to God After Dark. I pray God's blessings upon your life. Thank you. That he, he continues to use us sometimes when the world might say we're a little too old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit too much gray hair up on Too time. much. Yeah. I'm your host, Rex Baker, and you've been listening to God After Dark, a production of Gateway Rescue Mission. Thank you for joining us, and uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and download them and and we'll have some more coming out later on and uh, until next time blessings